Welcome to Machine Learning. Why is India an important trade partner with the U.S.? India and the U.S. have been important trade partners for the past two decades. India is one of the most, one of the largest and fastest growing economies in the world, making it a key partner for the U.S. In 2019, the U.S. exported 58 billion in goods to India, and imported 87 billion in goods from India, from a trade deficit and for a trade deficit of 28 billion. The U.S. and India are also important to each other as investors. The U.S. is the world's largest investor in India, with a total investment of 41 billion in 2019. Why isn't India an important trade partner with the U.S.? India and the U.S. have been important trade partners for the past two decades, as previously stated. Um, the visit comes to in the wake of an increasing U.S. concern over China's military and economic rise and growing strategic partnership with India and the U.S. It is a reflection of a growing strategic partner between U.S. and India and a growing concern in the U.S. over China's military and economic rise. The U.S. wants to India to play a major role in Asia, which is shifting from U.S.-led predominance to China-led one. Um, Okay, so there is tensions between India and Pakistan. There is increased concern about China's um, military intentions towards Taiwan and the U.S. foreign policy's position to contain uh, Russian and Chinese aggression. In the book Chindia, China and India shared many characteristics as future growth markets, immense upward mobility, and emerging middle class whose aspirations and outlook on life differ from those of the previous generation. Rapid uh, social changes and diverse means for um, means companies and employ um, greater diversity means companies must employ more sophisticated sophistication in tailoring their message and products to different consumer segments. So the way I interpret that is that there um, as countries become productive and gain more wealth, there are new segments that occur in terms of market segmentation or, or consumer segmentation. And uh, greater diversity means companies must employ more sophistication in tailoring their messages and products to these different consumer segments. Well, yeah, if you just had a few segments, you would only need to 
market a few products to those segments and the communication to that those segments would be uh, not very sophisticated but as they become more segmented then you would need to come up with more sophisticated uh, uh, tailoring of messages automotive GM uh, enjoys success selling Buick Regal, which starts started at the time at twenty five thousand, partnering with SAIC to sell an eight thousand dollars Spark, expanding the uh, XLR Cadillac line. One thing we learned in China is that you have to move fast," said Kevin Well. Elantra Compact started at 13000 Obviously, these prices were back in, uh, at the time this book was written, which is going to be close to the turn of the century. One thing you learn um, is China, in China, is you have to move fast. Okay. Honda... Fit sold 76% of their cars as buyers snapped up its $10,000 Fit. Domestic car Cherry QQ had explosive response in its 3600 price tag. Can you imagine buying a car today for $3,600? Well, the, and, in the, and even in its time, it was over almost uh, three times cheaper than the um, Hyundai version of the Elantra. GM SAIC Venture plummeted 35% and overall profits plummeted 80% to $33 million. Today, most buyers are individual and they want the best deal for their money. And rumors that Beijing is mulling a tax on vehicles with big engines are only accelerating the trend. Nissan plans to add 255 new dealerships to the existing 500 dealerships by 2007. So you, you can see that this is two th maybe 2005 or so, at the beginning of the century when these prices were at this, this level. Uh, prices for GM and Volkswagen are still high. Cautions, Jai, Zingao. Chinese basic values are individualism. Two-thirds of young Chinese prefer to do things themselves rather than rely on others. Lifestyle. 39% uh, are happy with life. 18% say they have enough money. 59% say they need to take risks to be successful. And for the consumer product companies, this means a huge desire for new trends. Yeah, and I think that the Chinese, young Chinese are um, somewhat content, not enough money, and they're willing to take uh, risk to change the future. Career, 80% are working hard for their career. Uh, they're liberating women. Men should do housework, internationalism. Two-thirds say they're interested in other cultures but they don't walk the talk. Meaning that they, they say that they're interested, but they really don't branch out and take those risks to learn about other cultures. They're very content with their own culture.
Uh, knowledge, 75% say it is important to be well-informed. Spirituality. There is a growing demand for spiritual experiences. 51% still sacrifice leisure for money. 8. Social. Young Jap Chinese care about environment, charity, and public interest in general than older Chinese. Most Chinese homes have been converted from coal to natural gas. $13 billion will go to prepare for the Olympics. They had that in Beijing. It was very successful. Lots of high-tech, lots of exciting uh, announcements. Put on a very good image of China. China spent $85 billion in cleaning up since 2000. Spent $380 billion until 2010. I think China will solve the pollution problems because of innovation, not because of centralized planning or demands for cleaning up uh, pollution or environment. We have some of the worst uh, pollution problems in the world where pollution is floating on the bottoms of our oceans at the size of Texas. But... Um, I think that as far as air and environment, the Chinese people are beginning to understand the importance of preserving their environment, just as the Japanese uh, at the turn of the century after decades of industrialism began to restore back the environment and to move to zero waste uh, culture. So it's a cultural change. And once the people decide that the environment is worth preserving and uh, at the expense of great wealth, then the innovations will start to be created uh, to, to provide clean environments and for sustainable long-term development. Over 400 non-Chinese companies now sell pollution control equipment in China. It's huge. A uh, good internal rate of return in China is 12%. Um, small India's model is characterized by strength in engineering and services capital markets business models that focus on high quality goods and services at low cost small batch precision manufacturing yeah I, I would say India is not really your massive manufacturing country, it is going to be um, a, co a country where you can, you can get high quality goods. It is focused on services, so lots of uh, call centers have moved to India, programming services have moved to India, telecom, legal, financial. But you're going to have lower margins of profit and growth in the Indian model than you will in the Chinese model. But the one that we should be talking about is Vietnam because it's becoming the new powerhouse of, of manufacturing and industry and technology. One third of the world's population, China has one third of the population. It's been growing by 9.5% a year, India by six, giving their young populations 
and high savings and the sheer amount of catch-up they need to do. Most economists figure that China and India possess fundamentals to keep growing at 7 to 8% for decades. No, they're not growing at 7 to 8% uh, right now. And uh, both, I think, are on the decline, the trend down, downward. So what will happen is that both China and India will become larger consumers of products and the countries like America and Indonesia will be uh, per, uh, providing products and products for those growing economies. So their internal economies will start to grow. China and India graduate a half a million engineers and scientists a year versus 70,000 in the U.S. Cisco Schumann put it this way, we came to India for cost, we stay for quality, and now we're invested for innovation. China's cell phone based user base is 350 million, largest in the world, estimated to be 600 million by 2009. In China, there are 800 million people in rural areas that work for 45 cents an hour. That is why China can have another 20 years of high speed growth contends Wawen. China's working population will peak at 1 billion in 2015. By mid-century, India is expected to have 1.6 billion people. There's a lot more working people. Uh, it seems like than in, in India. 220 million more workers than China. William Wilson said, I believe India has a better model than China, and over time it will suppress it in growth. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of optimism for India. They, they were supposed to become a superpower by 2020. Didn't happen. Right now, the, uh, the high inflation is really making India's economy unstable. Um, so I think the, the, the optimism for India's growth is not as strong. The average Indian company posts a 16.7 return on capital in 2004, 12.8 in China. So based on that, you would think that India is going to uh, race past China. Didn't happen. What holds India back are bureaucratic red tape, rigor, rigid labor laws, and inability to build infrastructure fast enough. Companies like Motorola must succeed in China and Indian, in India simultaneously to stay competitive. Both China and India's annual growth around 10% to keep jobs for tens of millions of workers. China withstood the 1997 Asian financial crisis because it lacked a, a convertible currency. Beijing will start letting foreign banks compete for deposits and domestic loans. Financial markets liberalization could be hazardous. In 20 years, China will have uh, 300 million people who are 60 years or older. So that's right now. We're at 2022. It's been 20 years. They've got a lot of growing 
uh, population. One in six has a pension plan and retirees will not ha be able to rely on children for support. Keystone believes China has drawn 200 billion more in foreign investments than India. So I think China is really interested in this risk management. As I was talked in my uh, podcast on the CIC, the Chinese Investment Corp, and uh, they're look, looking for companies to invest in the financial markets, specifically looking for companies with dividends. And the reason why that they have this large group of people that are moving into the older ages where they're going to want to live off that fixed income. India companies are especially strong in high-end manufacturing such as auto parts, power generators, and medical equipment. China will grow faster by issuing stock or bonds, not just domestic markets. Bank of America slashed 3,700 of its 25,000 tech and back office jobs, and one third of the jobs were outsourced to India. Inside Infosys Technologies' 22-hectare-acre campus in Bangalore, 250 engineers develop IT applications for Bank of America. All right, Bank of America, how did that work out? John McCarthy predicts 3.3 million white-colored jobs and 136 billion in wages will shift from the U.S. to low-cost countries by 2015. You know, that was all that big scare in 2015, the early parts of all this job movement out of the U.S. into these other countries. But I don't see really with the, how it's adding much value to them, especially now as software is becoming more modular. Software as a surface is becoming more of a platform, so you have more platform-type development. And the introduction of more sophisticated approaches to software like usage of AI and machine learning pipelines. And the basic technology for doing that is still U.S.-based. And, uh, and it's going to remain that way for several decades. It's not going to move out of Microsoft or Amazon or Google. So those are all U.S. companies they're going to maintain that stronghold in those realms. So what I'm saying is the best talent is still going to be in the U.S. In 2002, Garner surveyed 900 big U.S. companies that outsource IT offshore. A major majority complained of difficulty communicating and meeting deadlines. And I think it's also going to be true of the, the, the quality of that high-tech work is still going to need to be American-based. By 2008, IT work and other services will generate $57 billion in revenue, employ 4 million people, and account for 7% GDP, indicates McKinsey and Group. The big migration of services sectors has just begun. We saw that happen. Trend is just starting to crystallize because every chief information officer's top agenda is to cut budgets. But if you look at the $17 trillion AI market that's starting to emerge, more and more software 
uh, capability by AI is going to be generated and uh, that capability will be done in huge data centers. So you're going to see large data centers, US-based data centers. And the software that's going to be building that will be US-based software. And that will displace a lot of this migration that occurred um, as they begin to reduce service-based jobs and switch that to AI. In 2002, Microsoft invested 400 million in India over a three-year period of time. Harnessing India's brain power will greatly boost America tech and service leadership as baby boomers retire. Okay, and there's no argument about that. That will be true. U.S. manufacturing accounts for 14% of GDP and 11% of the jobs. 60% of the U.S. economy is service-based and employs two-thirds of the workers. India's knowledge base can do the work cheaper and better. Um, okay, I can grant that, but I still say that AI will displace even the India work. India will drive down costs and services. AI will drive it even further down, and it will match or exceed the quality of the Indian worker. The AI labor card is unbeatable. Uh, well, that was maybe at the time, but it, it's not going to be unbeatable in the future. Uh, India services, processing insurance claims, radiology examination of CAT scans, processing $35 billion worth of global uh, invoices. Okay, all of these are now being um, tasked by AI to perform at or better than expert level. Now, Will it statistically outperform the existing market? At this point, I would say no. But in a few decades, it will definitely outperform. Uh, the 700 business processes done in India save GE $340 million a year. We are mission critical to India. Uh, mission critical to GE, says Promod Boston. Either China or India has produced important breakthroughs in science and technology. Okay, now we're getting to somewhere. Uh, that is true. It's been the U.S. Weakness includes immature financial systems, hedge funds, mutual funds, foreign investment, weak links between university and companies, intellectual theft. Chinese spending on R&D is the rise taking advantage of the 465,000 science and engineering grads in 2001. Seven new semiconductor plants are being constructed. New companies that produce cheap network switches have emerged. Highway and ZTE, little industrial innovations, equity markets closed to start up software, pales compared to India. Farm has no blockbuster drugs. China government still suppresses speech, censors internet. R&D in China is 11 billion versus the United States at 233 billion. Wow. Boom, there you are. That is why uh, the U.S. continues to outperform China in all areas of innovation is because it has um, $233 billion versus $11 billion. So if it's just in a race in terms of money, you can see where uh, it's able to pull more talent and uh, form products and services quicker. China 
semiconductor, 2.9 billion versus 71 billion in the U.S. China has 22 wafer fab plants. Nokia and Motorola dominate uh, China's telecom market. 350 million cell phone owners. China produces 8.7 million vehicles annually by 2008. Honda plans on producing 50,000 Jazz compacts a year.